0: Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless, or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us welcome everyone for another episode of no heart left behinds hope in the heart of family life my name is alicia i am the host and i am here today uh, with my mom NHLB founder and lead belief therapist, Abby Shields.
1: It's so great to be back in your closet again. (laughs) I love it.
0: I love how she keeps referencing the closet. Anyway, so last season we did, I think it was a six-part series on parenting called The Heart of Parenting. So if you haven't listened to it, you should go back to season one. A lot of great stuff. And we covered a lot of foundational principles for parenting, no matter what the age. Right? Right. And so what we want to get into this season is focusing on specific age groups because, you know, when obviously you don't parent a teenager the same way you parent a toddler. And so we want to really focus in on certain age groups. And one of the things that we talked about in um, that first series on parenting was a bunch of, you know, we looked at scripture that we see about parenting in the Bible, you know, with probably the most popular one being that Proverbs uh, 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. Um, but that can have a lot of different interpretations, like how you flesh that out and what that looks like to actually train up a child I think that's kind of where parents can be left scratching their heads like, okay, what is that? what does that mean? What do I do? Um, so that's where we really want to focus a lot of our conversation is fleshing out those scriptures that you see concerning parenting um, in the Bible. So we're going to do a four-part series here on teenagers, but in order to talk about teens and parenting teens well, um, you have to first start with something that's called the familiar stranger. Uh, you talk about the familiar stranger, stranger a lot and how it's so important. So what is the familiar stranger exactly?
1: Well, the familiar stranger is your child from about the ages of 10 to 13, um, depending on the maturity of the child it could even go down to nine but in the middle school years as far as like four fifth sixth seventh grade sometimes eighth grade depending on what you what your child has learned throughout the, the years um, so the basic question that oftentimes parents have They say, who is this child? I don't recognize him. He's not that sweet little compliant child. And they begin to become immersed more in their peers than in wanting to spend time with you. And that's where parents sometimes get their feelings hurt because they're so attached and so used to being the center of the child's world that as they expand their role and their focus out into their peers, that's
0: when they begin to push you away. And I I totally resonate with this right now because (laughs) I have one that's kind of in these like preteen years and we're just starting to see, you know, some of those changes and um, just pulling away and and, which is all good stuff like that. I mean, that is what we are here to do is we are are here to raise them up to launch them. So that's a good thing, but it is kind of hard and, and sad. And so why do you call it the familiar stranger though because they look familiar
1: but their behavior is totally strange compared to what (laughs) you were used to for example is that they they can become uncommunicative whereas the child when they're little want to talk and sit in mom's lap and tell them all kinds of things and it's like a switch goes off and they go from all of that to becoming uncommunicative and then moody because during this time you also have these things called hormones that are beginning to be processed in their body, and they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And they can get angry quickly, whereas this child who is really sweet can all of a sudden be talking back to you or rolling their eyes and putting their hands on their hip and taking that stance of, oh, really, mother? That yeah.
0: yeah, and I think it's a good... Uh, point to point out that one thing that has really helped me in understanding the heart of my child you know in this age group is understanding what is going on with them physically and body. because like for Jack you know sometimes he will have these big emotional reactions to things that seem like why are you freaking out about this so much or like you said like just get these bursts of anger and if I didn't know that this was all, that these outbursts and these big emotions and feelings, if I didn't know what was going on with him physically, I mean, I could probably be like, okay, you're a drama queen or you've got a temper or whatever. But having that understanding biologically what's going on in the child, I think is good. Now, you, I mean, I feel like you... um, This is an important age for you. I think it's a really, real important age. Um, Why is this age, this middle school, preteen age, so important? Because I believe this area,
1: this time period in your child's life, it is a launching pad to begin to move them out from under you to little bit by little bit taking on responsibility of their life and learning how to make decisions. This is the time period where you want to continue to teach them responsibilities so that if you want them to be responsible with the car, this is the time period that you wanna teach them to be responsible with their bike or uh, learning to take care of their things, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so, and then, also to empower them this is the time where you begin it's the begin and that's the process from now until they leave the home at hopefully at 18 to go off to school or go wherever and um, but to empower them through the transfer of responsibility from not having responsibilities to transferring you doing it to them. Yeah okay
0: you 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 always give like a, kind of a staging of, like, what the parents' responsibilities are um, in each age group. Like, I think it was something like, at the beginning, from, like, zero to six, you have the... Res- oh, the re- would you like me to Yeah, I would, that? like, so, okay. just so they can, everybody can get an understanding of what, I guess, stage we're in. Right,
1: okay. <laughs> so, from zero years of age to approximately six, give or take, depending, once again, on the child you have a responsibility to your child to be responsible for them and that's where you pretty much do most of the things you can give them small choices within that time like do you want to go to bed now or do you want to go to bed 10 minutes from now and give them begin that process but you pretty much are responsible for the child from about 7 to 13, 7 to 10 uh, 11, you have a responsibility to them to begin to teach them how to become responsible for themselves. And you can even move that all the way up through 13, once again, depending on the child. So I don't want to give strict um,
0: guidelines. Thank you. (laughs) Strict guidelines as far
1: as, well, you're going to see this at seven. You might see it at eight. Right. But just a general age period where you have a responsibility to them to teach them to be responsible for them. Teenage years, this is where you have a responsibility to them to allow them to practice what you taught them during the earlier stages to begin to launch them out to see if they have the skills, the coping skills. If they don't, then you want to back up and redo some of those things. But this is the trial and error um, time for your child to be able to um,
0: learn it and then practice it. Okay, so just to be clear, so for these first two episodes of our teen series, we're really focusing on that... um, The beginning stage. The beginning stage where you begin to teach your child to be their own... To be responsible for themselves. That 7 to 13. Because, like you said, it's like if we can invest here and, and help equip them here... Here. The teenage years
1: are going to be above and beyond a wonderful time. I mean, I love the teenage years with you and Steven.
0: I, it was so much fun. Because you're going to do, I mean, you always say this to me, you're going to do this work at some point. Right. Well, if you don't do it now when they're these preteens, you're either going to do it when they're teenagers or even, unfortunately, when they're young adults and the stakes get higher and the consequences and, um, absolutely become, can be, can become you know more costly so it's so important to focus um to focus here. So what I was thinking um I would love to talk about just what are the what are the important things what are the things that are being developed during this time um with with you know I will call it a middle school child um so what are these big areas? And then I was hoping that maybe we could talk about, okay, so with these things and these changes and these emphasis going on with these middle school kids, what is the parent's responsibility to help develop those things um, in our kids? So you, you good with that? Yep. I think the two basic biggest things Things that you want to be aware of with the middle school
1: child is two things. One, the development of social skills, which will carry them on throughout their life, not only through high school but into uh, being able to be social and interact with people when they as they get older. And then the other one would be the development. Of learning to be confident, their self esteem, having assurance. And a lot of that will come from what the parent models to the child and how the parent responds in situations. Because believe it or not, our kids watch us and they learn from what we do. Yes. <laughs> and and, and um, be, be aware of that, parents, because they do model what you do I can remember when Alicia was a little girl I saw her shaking her finger at her baby dolls and you know chastising their baby doll and she was pointing her finger at him and I thought, holy cow, she's modeling me because that's what I would do. I had the fussy finger. Yeah. And my fussy finger would get in her face. And sure enough, she modeled that to her baby doll. That's one of those sins of the generation being passed down yeah. from generation to <laughs> gen- generation. So so those are the two things, social skills and then the self-esteem, the confidence. And the first thing as far as social skills, let's take a look first at the characteristics that you will begin to see in your child. Okay. Okay. So the first one would be the phone. Um, as far as the phone is concerned, it's really important that one of your responsibilities, parents, is to set, help to set the boundaries on the phone and to monitor that, um, making sure that the phone has parental control on it, that you just don't give the phones today to your child to let them do whatever they want to do with it because it is a open world on these phones today. So. Yeah.
0: So um, I'm really excited because at the end of this series, we are going to uh, be talking with... Um, her name is um, Katie Morris LeBreton, and she has a ministry called uh, The Redhead Method. And basically, one of the things that I love that she talks about is... Um, Teaching like teaching our kids to use their phone is like teaching them to drive a car, um, and that basically you wouldn't just give the, you know, give the keys to your twelve year old and say, "Hey, go drive the car. Good luck." Like you gradually teach them, and it's just like a tool, like everything else. So it's a really great conversation that I'm looking forward to. But I think the point is. Is that the kids in these this age group really will start looking for social connection right. outside that's not initiated or monitored by well not not monitored, but initiated by the parents. Like, you know, before it's like I'd set up play dates with Jack's friends, and now it's Jack like, you know, with his phone saying, Hey mom, so and so wants me to come over blah 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 so and that's good it's okay but with boundaries again teaching them how to use it right absolutely so another
1: thing you're going to find during this period of time which is really hard for us as parents is you're going to see your child begin to compare themselves And when they compare themselves, most of the time they compare themselves to somebody else and lose. And then they say, there's something wrong with me. Or if only I was like them, then I would be happier. Or if only I had that, then I would be able to be more popular. And that's so hard. To, but we all do it. I mean, as adults, we still compare ourselves. That's, and that's why in Scripture, and I love this Scripture, one day I was going through and I came across the Scripture. It's Galatians 6.4. It says, God says, do not compare yourself to somebody else because he wants you just to compare yourself to where you are today to compare you where, where you were yesterday. And that's, that's hard to teach our kids because popularity, being popular is an important piece of their social skills. And, and if they don't view themselves as being part of the popular group, then that's when they retreat and, and begin to feel less than or that they're not enough or that um, they'll never measure up or they'll never be part, of the, be part of the popular group because one of our spiritual issues or spiritual needs as a human being is to belong. And it's especially at this age. Before this age, they belonged to the family. But now as they're breaking away, they want to belong to the group and that's what's hard so what is your job then to help them one to when they come home and they're talking about that if they're talking hopefully they are your job is to listen but not only that then to provide opportunities at the house for the kids that they want to be to invite them over to play not to have a play date but just to hang out and have a place in your house where they can have some either outside or on the porch or in a playroom or, you know, I know you're moving, you're taking your playroom and turning it into a, what did you call it? A social room or something? Well,
0: yeah, I think, I mean, I just think that the, 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 I, at least this is me. I don't know if this is right, but just the, you've always told me what, what matters to your kids needs to matter to you. And so if this is an age where they're really starting to develop friendships and seek social connection and all of that kind of stuff, then the way as a parent that I support my kids in that is to provide areas and opportunities for them to do that, whatever that looks like, but realizing that, you know, this is a big deal to them and not downplaying that um, and making space for that, even though sometimes it can be very inconvenient or it can be, you know, like, oh, you know, I miss my baby. I want them to be home. But, um, of course, there's balance, but, you know, between family time and friend time, but just seeing it as something significant and important. Right, right. So
1: um, I think another thing as far as um, social skills, is just listen when they if they're struggling with their friends, just listen. Don't try to fix it, because they need to learn how to deal and cope with conflict in relationships. And so your job is to listen to them, uh, possibly direct them to um, try some things that, but have it be not a monologue but a dialogue. Not just you lecturing them listening to their heart and trying to guide their, I guess, taking the conversation off of their conversation and following
0: it forward. Do you you understand what I mean by that? I think so. I think to validating the way they are feeling, Um, you know, I I think sometimes parents have a tendency, like if, I don't know, um, your child is kind of discussing what feels like a minute or not a big deal To you um to just kind of downplay it um so you know before getting into any kind of what should you do kind of thing um validating their feelings and saying you know I'm sorry that happened or I'm I'm sorry you're feeling this way you know that kind of thing um because they feel validate validated and they also feel like you're in it with them right
1: so, so that's pretty much it as far
0: as the social
1: skills are concerned, but then moving over to the other area that is so important for you to be aware of, is, and, and that is developing their confidence. And that is, so, I think, be, to be, I think the social skills end of it will come out of them feeling more confident about who they are. And, and so that's, that's a really, really important part. Now to understand the characteristics of your child, yes, they want independence from you, but at the same time, they still want security. So you don't want to just back up and let them do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Kids at this age, especially to help them with their confidence, need to know that they still have the security of mom and dad. Yeah. And um, so the main thing with this is for the confidence and their self-esteem, I call it God esteem, um, because ultimately, I want to teach my children that their confidence comes from Christ. That's um, stated in scripture, it's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter three, four through six, God says that our confidence is to come from him. And so it's really important that the spiritual element of this is is very predominant, um, and that um, you as a parent, are to radiate the culture of Christ. We talked about that in our first series, and if you haven't heard that, please go back um, because that will give you a whole lot of tips in this area of, of um, God esteem. Okay, But during this period of time, to help them develop their confidence, they are going to try to test your limits. And so instead of pushing back and getting angry if they're testing the limits, give them an opportunity to fail so that you can say it's okay to fail. You're not going to be perfect, Um, but help them understand the difference between the word fail as a verb or the word fail as an adjective. Uh, where or is that a noun? I don't know. I'm not a good at <laughs> English. All right. um, versus I fa- fail. You can either take I fail as I failed. Okay, and then that's when you would tell them those three questions that we talked about before: What happened? What'd you learn? What are you gonna do different? But or I am a failure. There's a. Do you hear the difference? It's yeah. like one a... is an identity and one is a mistake or yeah. an action. Yeah. And and unfortunately. Um, They take on mistakes, especially if the parent doesn't allow mistakes to be okay. Um, They take that then as they failed and they let their parents down, you know. So it's really important that during this time you let mistakes be okay, but then you want to take those mistakes and have them learn from that. Yeah, and I
0: think too it's important like how we respond to the mistakes. Right. Because I think part of, you know, um, them, I guess, having a dialogue with you about all of this is the way you respond. So it's like if every time they, you know, if every time Jack comes to me with a failure um, and I shame him or yell at him or, you know, any of those things, guess what's going to happen? He's going to stop coming to me. <laughs> He's either going to try to cover them up or, you know, Blame somebody else or whatever. And I I just find that I have tried to be um, intentional about creating our home as a space where when they make a mistake, this is the place they want to run to instead of the place that they want to run from. And um, I, I just think that's so huge in this, um, in this age group, because as they get older, the mistakes only get bigger (laughs) or sometimes. And so again, if I haven't created that foundation of this is a safe place for you to come when you mess up, then they're definitely not coming to me when they get older. So and as you, as you give them more
1: responsibility, their sense of self-worth is going to increase because they go, Mom and Dad have confidence that I, in me that I can do that. Okay? Yeah. It's so important as a parent to watch the words that you speak into your child's life and, and to then give them responsibilities that are within their ability. You want to set them up for success, not set them up for failure. Okay? Yeah. And so that's, that's really an important piece.
0: You brought up... Um the spiritual side of things you talked about having God confidence and getting their confidence from Christ you know I wanted to talk a little bit here about you know spiritually like what is going on with them you know what potentially because I mean again every kid is different Mm -hmm. but you know I guess What are the important things um, spiritually when it comes to developing them spiritually Mm -hmm. during this time?
1: I think the biggest thing would be to parent from love, not from fear. Mm. And for them, because that's how God parents us. He parents us with love and doesn't want us to fear. And he wants us to get to know him. So I think it's really important as parents that you, in Scripture, it says that we're called to be an ambassador for Christ. That you represent Christ in your home with your words and your actions to be able to model Christ.
0: Yeah, but I think I I think that this is where we can get tripped up because when we when we talk about modeling, right, modeling Christ and all of that, um, I mean that's that's behavior. Right. It's behavior in the sense of if we haven't poured into them who they are and whose they are, then they're going to get their identity
1: from the world instead of from Christ. Right,
0: And so their behaviors will, you know, can reflect that. And so I guess all I'm trying to say is that it's when we're when we're developing our kids and we're pouring into them spiritually to make sure that we are focusing on their identity and who gives them their confidence, like who God is. Because if we're just focusing on follow the rules, act right, you know, all the virtue then if we haven't touched on the heart and they don't know who they are and whose they are, then those behaviors and those things that we want them to reflect are not going to be there. I mean, would you say that's... Absolutely. That's true? hmm So, um, the last thing that I want to really touch on in this episode, I want to talk about letting go. Like, what does that look like um, in terms of... You know, because you, I know during this time... Um, Independence is something that they really start to reach for. Um, and so for this age group, what does independence look f- like for them? Because I feel like parents either, we we kind of fall on one or two ends of the spectrum where either we're like the helicopter parent that hovers over hovers them. over them and, and wipes up all their messes and corrects them. Um, or we just like let go completely and leave almost, I guess, abandoned kids, not intentionally, but unintentionally to kind of figure things out for themselves. And then we're surprised when they make mistakes. <laughs> so what does letting go look like in this, wow. you know, preteen, familiar stranger kind of timeframe? frame? That's a tough question to have just a pat answer to because
1: every child is different. But I, I guess I would say as they begin to mature and grow, that the way that you can step back and let go little bit by little bit would be that if they can do it for themselves that you let them do it. For example... Uh, by the time a child is 10, maybe even 9, they should be able to make their own lunch, mm. to pack their own lunch from school. And so to give them that responsibility, anything that they that they can do, that they have the skills that they're equipped with to let them do it. Making small decisions about bedtime. You set the boundaries, but it would be, okay, I can see you getting older because it's usually about this time that kids want to expand their bedtime they they think they're older and they know it all and so that's jack (laughs) so within your boundaries you would allow them to make that choice of bedtime example um so jack what do you think an appropriate bedtime would be and so he would say 10 o'clock so my boundary would be, because I want him to learn from the choices, my boundary would be, Jack, that's a great bedtime, but here's my boundary as your mom. And it would be, uh, you will have to get yourself up in the morning. I do not. You set the alarm, and, and if you can get up in the morning on your own, that's great. The next thing would be, can you make it through the day without being exhausted and coming home and not doing the rest of your day? Uh, I can remember when you were going through this and you wanted your bedtime to be 10 o'clock and I set the same boundaries for you and um, you found out that you were exhausted at the end of the day. So you personally moved your bedtime back. It's little things like that in letting go to not just giving them carte blanche, but and making their lunch, um, getting their clothes in the hamper, um, decisions about um uh, so when they do homework when they do homework and that type of stuff yeah, yeah. and
0: i i find too that including them in those decisions yes. and giving them those freedoms really does help like one thing we do at the start of every school year is we have like we cook a nice dinner and we sit down and we have like our family meeting for the school year and we they get to um we talk about what what chores and responsibilities are going to be theirs For the year, so um, we're teaching them to have responsibilities, but also giving them kind of a say. So, Um, what else do we do? We talk about bedtime. Um, We talk about boundaries with the bedtime. You know, kind of like what you said. Just well, okay, you can have that bedtime as long as you are able to get up by yourself and function the next day and keep your grades up. Yes, and understanding that if you fail to do those things that we're going to have to set the, you know, we're going to have to rein it back a little bit. So just giving them those freedoms. And two things as we wrap up, I kind of feel like are very important during this age. And I would love for you to just kind of comment on that is one, to remember that they are not not going to do this perfectly. And I'm speaking to myself here, like something as little as, you know, them putting away their laundry. My little OCD heart goes crazy every single time I pull open their drawers and their clothes are like, it's just all jumbled in there and it's not straight and it's not organized. And everything in me wants to just do it for them <laughs> because I wanted a certain way, but then I wouldn't Be teaching them how to put away their laundry. And it's their laundry. So just realizing they're not going to do things perfectly. Or the way
1: you would do Yes.
0: And the second thing is that you are um, empowering them. You know, and, and spending just as much time complimenting them and encouraging them when they get it right as we do when they don't get it right because I know especially for boys and I, I I feel like I guess this is true for girls. I don't know. I haven't raised girls <laughs> but like one of the biggest things with boys is that they want to know that they have what it takes. Um, kind of that John Eldridge stuff like that's one of those questions that boys in their heart need answered that I, I have what it takes to do this and so Well, for girls, it's, am I pretty enough? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I think that has been a guiding factor for Carrie and I in our parenting is just being cognizant of, am I celebrating their wins as much as I am criticizing their losses? So I just think for this age, when they're going to have so many hits and misses, that um remembering they're not going to do it perfectly and giving grace and forgiveness for that and responding in a way that is safe um and then secondly um just empowering them and celebrating their wins because i mean they're just they're, they're just goofy and awkward during this stage they really are they're so weird <laughs>
1: and I, and i guess as a final word from my heart is um and it's a quote, I forget who, who it's by, so I apologize for that, but this is not my own stuff. But when you give up trying to make your child into who you think they should be and allow them to become who God created them to be, you know, then your child is going to be a whole lot more confident and a whole lot more healthy. Because I think sometimes we have dreams and expectations of our children that, you know, we have dreams that they would be an athlete and they end up being a bookworm. And then the parent is upset about it because that's not the expectation that they had. And um, so that's a quote that I pray that you would all grab a hold of and allow your child to become who God has created to be. Because that's the exciting part of this is that you see them being molded and shaped into because who God created them to be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so exciting about this age. Yeah, really good.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. We hope you felt seen, encouraged, and just a little more equipped to love your family well. If you want to learn more about No Heart Left Behind, be sure to check out our website, www.NoHeartLeftBehind.com or visit the link in the show notes. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast player. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Your encouragement is not just for our egos. It really helps others find the show and encourages them to check it out. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So until we see you again next week, go home and be a world changer.